Lynn Fraser is going to help your finances get into shape. Financial Fitness with Lynn Fraser on Family Radio CHRI. Good morning and welcome to the Financial Fitness Show with Lynn Fraser. Today, we are again with Craig Hill. And Craig Hill is the founder of Family Foundations. And he, uh, Craig, you have been, you have mentored me from afar without even knowing you were mentoring me because you were teaching me your, the God's financial principles uh, through one of your CD ser- series. And I started listening to it five or six years ago and uh, listened to that series uh, several times through. And it's really shaped helped to shape my beliefs and my thinking uh, about about God's Word and money. So thank you wow, for, for being here. That's wonderful, Lynn. I'm, that's always so encouraging to hear. And uh, it's just wonderful that CDs and DVDs and books and that sort of thing get everywhere around the world. And, uh, and the Word of God is able to impact people everywhere, uh, all over North America as well. So thank you for sharing that. That's an encouragement to me. Well, the, the best financial book ever written was the Bible, no question. <laughs> and, uh, Absolutely. And, uh, and I love the way that you, um, the revelation that he's given you and your ability to bring clarity and, and to speak so clearly on, on his principles and, and explain it to people in a way that they can see it and understand it and apply it in their own lives. So, yes, you're a real blessing, Craig. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Lynn. It's just great to be with you and uh, sharing with people in the Ottawa area again today. So last week we record, we did a show, um, and so you are going to want to listen to that. And so if you go on to our website at morethanenough.ca, um, you'll find all of the sh- uh, the links to the previous shows uh, are there, and as well as on the chri.ca website, you can click the Financial Fitness logo, and all the shows are archived. Make sure you listen to the show from last week, because uh, this show today is a continuation of uh, what Craig and I talked about last week. So, right. Craig... So um, we made a promise that we would talk about the Shamika years, and I'm really eager to hear about the seven-year financial cycle. So let's you know, go. What's an, amazing, what's an amazing thing, Lynn, is you find things in the Bible that are just there that God wrote that people just sort of read and pass over and many times don't even realize that they're there, and the principles that God gave to Israel. And a lot of times people say, well, that's Old Testament, and that's Israel, and we're not Jewish people, and we don't live in that environment anymore. But yet a lot of these things are just principles. And so uh, one that uh, a man named Jonathan Kahn, who's a Messianic Jewish rabbi, identified, is a principle that he called the Shemitah. And Shemitah is a Hebrew word, a little bit hard for us uh, English or French, French speakers to say, uh, being Hebrew word, but Shemitah literally means release. And, uh, and uh, for, for years, uh, many financial analysts have sort of been baffled by the fact that there seem to be seven-year economic cycles that are impacting our modern-day economy. And uh, the, the last one would have been in 2008. The one before that was in 2001. The one before that was 1994. The one before that was 1987. There are just some very interesting things that have happened, and now we're uh, in the next seven-year cycle, 2015. And where we see this word Shemitah used, one of the primary places is uh, in Leviticus 25, 
but also in Deuteronomy chapter 15. And I'm going to read that one. It says here uh, in verse 1 of Deuteronomy 15, at the end of every seven years, you shall grant a remission of debts. And that word remission is the word Shemitah. By the way, that's spelled S-H-E-M-I-T-A-H, Shemitah. So there shall be a remission or Shemitah of debts. This is the manner of remission. Every creditor shall release what he has loaned to his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor and his brother because the Lord's remission or Shemitah has been proclaimed. So what, what God is saying here is he is directing Israel to release debt every seven years, to cancel debt every seven years. And so uh, in Scripture, we find that things go in sevens. Seven is an important number. We have seven days in a week. Six days is a work day, or work days, and then the seventh day is a rest day. Hmm. And then we have seven years where God directed Israel to till the land, farm, be productive, and then the seventh year is a Shemitah year, or a release year, a remission year, where all debts are canceled, the land is, is allowed to rest, uh, and, and people rest more during that year, and then seven Shemitahs make up a Jubilee, and most people have heard of Jubilee, uh, that's described in Leviticus chapter 25, and so the Jubilee year is seven Shemitahs, or a 49-year cycle, and three things are directed to happen. Uh, from Leviticus 25, all debts are forgiven, all slaves go free, and all property reverts back to the original owner, those three things. And uh, and what we're talking about is that there seem to be seven-year cycles in our North American economy as well. And uh, God directed Israel to voluntarily cancel all debts, to voluntarily release debt every seven years and sort of have a global debt purge every 49 years. And uh, Israel actually never really practiced that. And in our modern economy in the United States and Canada and Australia, England, uh, most of the Western world, we don't have any debt relief mechanism. We, we don't have a way to release debt. And uh, I believe that the reason God gave the Shemitah year and the Jubilee year to the Jewish nation, told them to do this voluntarily, is God realized that in any market economy, when people are allowed to borrow money, there is a 100% chance that they will borrow more than it's possible to pay back and, uh, and that uh, lenders will lend to people that are absolutely uncreditworthy. And over a period of decades, uh, and God specified in Scripture five decades or 49 years, people will take on an unsustainable amount of debt in an economy and uh, what I'm pretty convinced of, uh, Lynn, is that if we don't have a voluntary jubilee, where we don't have a way to forgive and release debt, we end up having an involuntary jubilee. And an involuntary jubilee is where markets crash, uh, loans are defaulted on, companies and sometimes even nations default on their debt, and that is the way that, uh, that the market purges itself of debt is people simply default on the debt. And you have huge declines in the, in the markets. Here's a very interesting thing that uh, Jonathan Kahn identified in his book, The Mystery of the Shemitah, and that was this. Five of the great economic serious declines in the last 40 years all took place in the Shemitah year. 
you would think just statistically mm-hmm. there would be, since, since the Shemitah years, every seven years, there'd be a one in seven year chance that that would happen, or one, one seventh of the time that would happen. But uh, the last big yeah, economic crashes, both eco- uh, economically and in financial markets uh, here in North America, uh, happened in Shemitah years. They were 1973, 1980, 1987, 2001, and 2008. Uh, another yeah. thing that uh, is very, very interesting is that uh, when we look at the, the Hebrew calendar, it always starts in our fall, our autumn, September, October, and of course finishes the next year in uh, the autumn. And the last month of the Hebrew year is a month called Elul, E-L-U-L. And the last day of Elul is the 29th day of Elul. And uh, what God specified in the Bible, again, for the Jewish people, is that there's sort of a culmination of the Shemitah year, or a major release uh, of debt, and an eradication, or a nullification, or a cancellation of debt, that happens on the last day of the Shemitah year, the 29th of Elul. And uh, what's quite interesting to notice is that uh, the the largest one-day drop in the U.S. stock market uh, in the 1980s happened in 1987, in the fall of 87, in a Shemitah year. And uh, the, the one-day drop that happened in 1987 held the record of the largest one-day drop in financial markets for 14 years. Yeah. And uh, then there was a, a new uh, record that was set, September 17, 2001. And most of us remember what happened in September 2001. Uh, 9-11, of course, happened. And uh, the uh, airplanes hit the Twin Towers in New York on uh, the 11th of September. Uh, the markets were closed for a week. And uh, September 17th, when they opened up, the Dow Jones Industrial Average in the United States plunged 684 points. Now, that exceeded the 1987 drop. The interesting thing was that the day on the Hebrew calendar was Elul 29, the wow. last day of a Shemitah year. Now, now, that record stood of 684 points until, guess one, September 29, 2008, exactly seven years mm-hmm. later in the Hebrew calendar, and uh, September 29, 2008 happened to be, again, Elul 29, the last day of the Hebrew year in the Shemitah year. And the Dow plunged 777 points on Elul 29, 2008. And uh, the reason that's significant is here we, here we find ourselves in another Shemitah year in 2015. And... Uh, and again, the, uh, the a little 29 this year would, would be September 13th, just as a point of interest. And uh, I don't think we ought to be date setters or we ought to say, oh, my goodness, something's going to happen September 13th, 2015. Uh, it could or maybe not. I don't think God is bound to have to do things exactly the same uh, as he has. But uh, these cycles have tended to repeat. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is I think what we could expect in this uh, this Shemitah year, and by the way, this is not just any Shemitah year, but this happens to be the seventh Shemitah year, meaning that uh, the Jubilee year starts in the Hebrew calendar, September 14th, 2015. We begin the year of Jubilee, where there's, uh, in general, a larger global type of debt purge. So what types of things could we anticipate? 
there there could be a lot of financial shaking like we saw in 2008, political shaking, uh, increase in terrorism, uh, war, and uh, significant events in Israel would be the type of things. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is, if we understand these things, then now would be a wonderful time to get our own personal financial house in order. In other words, if, if you were ever thinking, I should put my house in order, I should, uh, you know, there's, there's some things I should be attending to financially, maybe some things I need to sell, or maybe some, some debt I need to eliminate, or, or things that I've felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to do, now would be a really good time to do that, to, to have our financial house in order. And uh, I felt that this was so important in this jubilee, uh, this preparation for the jubilee year starting September this year and, and uh, the rest of the Shemitah year. We put together a conference actually in Denver with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn and uh, also Chuck Bentley, who's the founder of CE, uh, pardon me, not founder, but the CEO of Crown Financial Ministries. I'm familiar uh, with Hillman, them, yeah. The founder of yeah, most people have heard of Crown Financial mm-hmm. Ministries, well-known Christian uh, finance ministry to help people get out of debt and manage resources. And, and Oz Hillman, the founder of uh, Marketplace Leaders. And uh, we're going to be doing that conference June 4th through 7th in Denver. We called it uh, Jubilee, Preparing for the 7th Shemitah and Beyond. And the goal is to help people put their finances in order so that uh, sh- whenever shaking comes, and I'm, I'm absolutely certain it will come sometime, may not be the 13th of September uh, 2015, but it's going to be sometime in uh, the near future, uh, we want to make sure that, uh, that you have your finances in order, that your house is one of the ones that stands when the wind and the, and the waves and the rain and the, and the storms come, and not one of those that Jesus talks about in Matthew 7 that's washed away because it was founded on debt, founded on sand, founded on trust in money instead of trust in God. And uh, so for more information on that, you can go to familyfoundations.com. And we've got information about that conference uh, on that site as well. Awesome. And there is also a seminar coming up in Ottawa. Am I correct? That is right. Yeah, that would be uh, for, uh, uh, there's a local uh, seminar coming up, Family Foundations, uh, pardon me, the Financial Foundation Seminar that will be May 1st and 2nd in Ottawa. And uh, you can get more information on that from uh, Larry Griffiths. And uh, his email is revlag, R-E-V-L-A-G, at bell.net. Or you can call the phone number, 613-824-3704. Let me say it again. It's Larry Griffith at 613-824-3704. And uh, we have a team of people that we have trained uh, in, in helping people manage their finances, and helping people break through. Because we found that not only is it critical for people to understand financial principles, but many people just have issues in their hearts that cause them to self-sabotage. So again, uh, one of the biggest problems we found for Christians in managing finances, dealing with finances, is not that they don't know what to do, but they have an inability to do what they know. And uh, that's the purpose of that Financial Foundation Seminar, again, May 1st and 2nd in Ottawa. And uh, I encourage you to call Larry Griffith or email and uh, get information on that 
because that'll definitely help you also in preparing for what's coming uh, this year. I know, Craig, in terms of my own experience, um, I taught, you know, some financial principles on a, in workshops, and I still do that on a regular basis. Sure. Um, but several years ago, um, recognized that the teaching in itself was not enough. And yeah. because it's one thing to know, but it's just like, it's like we know, all know we should eat well, we should, and we all know we should exercise. But um, in terms of walking it out and being accountable and getting it done, it really helps to have a coach. And so um, uh, founded uh, our, the organization More Than Enough, and in which there's actually a coaching process where someone will walk alongside. Wonderful. Uh, of uh, of couples and help them implement all of the strategies and all that they know, just helping them to to do what they know to do. So that's awesome. Well, that that's a that's a wonderful thing, and I would certainly encourage every one of the listeners if you have not been on the website more than enough ca, you ought to jump on that right after this broadcast. Look on that site, take advantage of the coaching because there is nothing better than connecting with a community of believers, connecting with somebody that's at least one step ahead of you that can help identify why things aren't working in your life. And uh, so I mm-hmm. really encourage you, get on that website, morethanenough.ca, and uh, you can probably get information about our conferences and, and our uh, financial foundation seminars also. But but uh, that is a, that's just an awesome tool, Lynn, that you've put together and made available uh, for listeners right there in the Ottawa area. Well, we do know that, um, you know, God's word is truth and, and he knows more about money and the use of money and because it all belongs to him in the first place, he invented it. <laughs> and so, yep. um, there is no better place than, than, uh, going to his word and understanding, you know, his word also tells us that there's, uh, wisdom in the counsel of many and that we should seek right. godly counsel in all cases. So. That's right. You know, another principle I was just thinking of that maybe would be good to talk about, uh, we hear people all the time, uh, quote, especially uh, down here in the United States where I live, uh, but I'm sure it's true in Canada as well, that people, uh, quote, the scripture, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, and the part that people like is it says, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. And uh, everybody gets excited about that because they think, well, I'm a Christian, And because of that, I'm in Jesus Christ, and his righteousness is mine, so therefore I'm the righteous. And uh, I certainly agree that we are righteous in Jesus, that his righteousness belongs to us. But I believe this scripture in Proverbs 13, verse 22, is not just talking about our righteous standing before God because of the blood of Jesus, but it's actually talking about wealth and money. It's talking about how to righteously or unrighteously handle money. So I wanted to know, well, how does the Bible define what is the righteous handling of money and what is the unrighteous handling of money? In other words, who is righteous and who is unrighteous regarding money? So I just plugged those two words into my uh, concordance to see what would come up. And the very first scripture that came up was Psalm 37, verse 21. And it says this. It says, the wicked borrows and does not pay back, but the righteous shows mercy and gives, or is gracious and gives. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? What if we plug those definitions that come from Scripture itself in Psalm 37, verse 21, back into the Scripture in Proverbs 13, 22, it would read like this. 
The wealth of the one who has borrowed and cannot pay back is stored up for the one who is gracious and gives. And I thought, oh my goodness, mm. by that definition, many, many Christians would be on the wrong side of the wealth transfer equation. And the reason I'm saying that is, I think in these in these Shemitah years, these seven-year cycles, what you find is there's always a, a large transfer of wealth. We saw it happen in 2007. We saw it happen in, uh, pardon me, 2008 and nine, and we saw it happen back in 2001, where wealth transfers, and it does go from those who have borrowed and can't pay back to those who show mercy and give. And when I realized that, I realized, wow, it is critical to, uh, to move toward eliminating our debt so that when the shaking comes, when markets uh, descend, and, and be it the housing market or the equities market or the bond market or the, the commodities market, whatever they are, when they're shaking and when they descend, I'm not one of the people that's caught on the wrong side of the wealth transfer equation and find wealth transfers from me because I'm a person who's borrowed and cannot pay back. And I'm not the person who is free from debt, in charge of my own finances, and able to show mercy and give to other people. And uh, I got to thinking back about the huge wealth transfer that happened back in what we called the Great Depression uh, mm-hmm. here in the United States and really impacted many nations around the world, where there was a huge transfer of wealth. And uh, I, I wasn't alive in the 1930s, but my dad was. And uh, I asked him, Dad, what happened? And he said, oh, so many people uh, lost their farms, their houses. My dad grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. And he said, uh, my best friend's family lost their farm. And other friends, they lost their house. And uh, people lost their vehicles and, and their, their savings. And I said, well, how did that happen? And uh, my dad said, well, for example, on my friend's farm, his dad had borrowed money from the bank. And uh, when the bad times came, he couldn't make the payments, and the bank repossessed it. And I said, well, who, who, what did the bank do with it? He said, well, they sold it at auction. And I said, how much was it sold for? And he, he laughed. My dad said, well, it was sold for pennies on the dollar. I said, well, who bought it? And he said, well, uh, somebody that was not in debt, who had a little bit of extra cash, came and bought the, the farm for uh, a, a small percentage of its former value. And I realized that is exactly what Proverbs thirteen twenty two is talking about, a transfer of wealth, that uh, where this farm transferred from the person who had borrowed and couldn't pay for it, and it transferred to somebody who had no debt. And I don't know if they were givers or not, because I, I didn't know who it was. But uh, it transferred from people that were in debt to people who had no debt, and uh, that's what I believe is going to happen again in this year. That's why I think it's so critical for, uh, for people to get their financial house in order, uh, begin to step up to their debt, and eliminate it as rapidly as possible. And uh, another interesting thing in that scripture, in uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty two, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And uh, that scripture also impacted me, and I thought, God, I would like to be a good man. I want to leave an inheritance to my children's children, my grandchildren. And you know that uh, when we diligently began, my wife Jan and I diligently began seeking to get out of debt, uh, we had a mortgage on our house. Uh, I believe we had a payment on a car. 
And God gave us a strategy that was, Lynn, it was just supernatural. We actually eliminated all, all our debt, including our house mortgage, in three years. Wow. And, uh, and not only that, uh, God gave us a strategy to be able to uh, to be able to ensure that our children and grandchildren will never have to go to the bank and borrow money to have a mortgage on a house. It was just a strategy that God gave us. I described it in uh, Five Wealth Secrets. 96% of us don't know that book that uh, people can get uh, on the website, familyfoundations.com. But, uh, but we've been uh, sharing those principles with people and uh, and the purpose of our conference uh, in July, pardon me, in June in Denver, and a financial foundation seminar in Ottawa in May is just to help people learn how to rapidly get out of debt, begin to manage money uh, as a steward or a manager that, that they could live on the third river and have an abundant flow of resources flowing through them to accomplish the vision that God has given them. And uh, that excites me very much to think that this is a year where many, many people will have supernatural experience getting out of debt and uh, managing resources for the kingdom of God. Wow. Well, Craig, there um, you have amazing tools. You have wonderful teaching. It's based on truth. And uh, I am certainly an advocate for your programs and, and your teachings. I, I just love the the way in which you present God's Word in a way that it, that it brings revelation and it it, it, you, you create a clear picture for people to follow. So I'm excited about those events coming up as well, and uh, as, I've, uh, as well as all of the resources that you have on your website. Wow, our time is up already. It's gone by very quickly, and um, uh, as the tradition is on this show, we would like to close in prayer. And Craig, would you, would you consider doing that for us today? I would love to do that, Lynn. Let me just mention also one other resource we have available. I did a series of four free video teachings that are available to people. And uh, if you go to our website, familyfoundations.com, uh, and click on the, the Jubilee Conference, uh, it will place you, uh, it will take you to those four free videos that you can watch uh, that are 45-minute teachings or so on these principles we've just been talking about. So let's pray. Yeah. Father, I thank you for every one of our listeners today. I thank you for what you are doing, that you are a supernatural God. And Father, even for those that are listening today that say, I am so deep in debt, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know how I'm going to change. Father, I thank you that there is grace and mercy available for every one of us. I pray for supernatural wisdom and a supernatural plan for every listener today. Father, I break the power of the spirit of mammon and the deep fear in the heart that would impact any of us. Father, I pray right now that you would begin to show each one of us what you want us to do specifically, a specific plan of action to begin to move forward. Father, I pray for a revelation of sparrow faith in the heart of each one of your people today. Father, that we would be like the, the sparrows, the birds absolutely at peace, knowing that you will provide for us, that you will take care of us, that you will love us, and Father, that even if we've made mistakes, you are a redeemer. I just think there's some thinking, I've made so many mistakes. You know, God says to you today, it doesn't matter. God, the blood of Jesus forgives you and is available for healing, for cleansing, and to move you forward. So Father, I just pray that 
for each one of our listeners for supernatural moving forward that we might live on the third river in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, Craig, thank you so much for spending time with us this week as well as last week. Don't forget to go on to the morethanenough.ca website. You will find uh, Craig's last show, the, the last uh, financial fitness show. It's archived there for your pleasure. You can download it on MP3. Um, mm-hmm. And tell your friends. <laughs> tell your friends that they, they can listen to this and they can sign up for the, the seminar that's coming up. You can send an email to RevLag, R-E-V-L-A-G, at Bellnet, at Bell.net, sorry. Let me say that again, R-E-V-L-A-G at bell.net, or you can call 613-824-3704. And, uh, and don't forget to look us up at morethanenough.ca. Wow. So thanks again, Craig. Have an amazing day. And don't forget to tune in next week and have a great day filled with hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. God bless. God bless.